for um, Sean, who's been coming. She has a, there's a young man who's 23 years old, and Julie's trying to get his name. We need to pray for him. He's on life support system right now, and he's not supposed to live. So let's just take a minute, and I'll pray. We'll just bow our heads, and we'll, we'll agree in prayer. She, she'll get, we'll get the name out. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we believe in your healing touch and your healing power. And Lord, we believe that you can rescue us from the grave, Lord God, and we also believe that you can heal us from the grave. Before, Lord God, our spirits are cast out, Lord God, of our bodies, Lord God, we know that, Lord God, that you can heal us. You're our healer. You're Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Lord. And we believe and we're praying for this young man who's in the hospital right now, that, Lord God, that he's only 23 years old, Lord God. Lord, we pray that, Lord, he would be restored to health, strengthened, blessed, and live a long life, Lord God. We come against whatever it is, Lord God. We don't know. Lord God, what, what's happened and what's caused this, Lord God? But, Lord, you do. And we know that you can heal him from the tips of his toes to the top of his head. Lord God, we don't even know his name, but you do, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that you would heal this young man, that you would restore his health, that you would strengthen his body, that everything would function perfectly, that, Lord, you would give the doctors wisdom, and discernment, and I pray for peace and joy to come upon him in Jesus' name. I pray this. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. We know God can heal. We know God can touch us and restore us. Amen. Well, this morning, I listened to a little short video on from David Wilkerson, and I like I really like watching these short videos. I don't know I've told you about them before. This um, um, ministry called the Lion of Judah puts them out. You can just Google them, Lion of Judah, and they have tons of these wonderful short messages and they another one that does is alpha and omega they do these nice little wonderful short messages you can find them all over youtube uh they're very powerful but this morning i was listening to one on from david wilkerson and um it was a power it was about our grand purpose and you know I don't know about you, but for myself, some days, I struggle with that. I struggle to think of, oh, what is my grand purpose, you know? I just don't feel any encouragement. I don't have any excitement 
about the day or what or what I'm going to do that day. I question myself sometimes, what is God's plan? You know? And what is my plan? Or is my plan just a good idea? Is it really God's plan? Am I in God's will? Am I not in God's will? Am I supposed to be doing what I'm doing? Or am I supposed to be doing something else? Or should I be doing something else? I don't know. And then I think, am I just spinning my wheels around and around? And then I get to thinking, well, geez, another year's gone by. And where am I? Another year's gone by. And have, I got, have things gotten any better or have things gotten worse? And I don't know how you feel, but I really feel excited about 2021 because I'm tired of 2020. You know, 2020 can be written off the books of history, you know, for as far as I care. I don't think it was a good year for anything. But, you know, it was a good year in a way of being able to get down and sit down with your word and pray. Huh, because you couldn't do much of anything else. So we have all should have had a great year and we have all should have grown by leaps and bounds in the word. But, you know, if I have to ponder about all these things of what I should have do, shouldn't do, supposed to be doing, or should be doing, I think I would get pretty depressed, <laughs> in a way, just thinking about it and going over. I'd be like, you know what? <clears throat> you got to be careful, because you can be thinking on things for too long, and you can become depressed. And discouraged. And you can be disappointed in yourself. And that's not what God wants. You know, I, I listen to this. I listen to Phil Robertson a lot too, you know, from Duck Dynasty. He does these great little videos also. And he was actually talking about the President of the United States. And he was saying that he's like an acumen. Now, acumen, now, is that a word that you've heard too often? I think the first time I heard it was when he said it, acumen. Do you know what an acumen is? It is the ability to make good judgment and quick decisions. The Bible would say it's discernment. And I don't know about you, but I, I I like to think that boy, I was reading the, the description of acumen, and I'm like, yeah, I've I'm pretty much very much similar to that. Being able to make good decisions quickly with good judgment. And I like to get right to the point. You know, that's one thing that's about our president. He might be rough around the edges. But you can't not say he doesn't beat around the bush. He goes right to the, he gets right to the point. You know, whether you like him or not, that's up to you. 
But he does not mix words, and he goes right directly to the point. And that is a gift. And I'm kind of like the same way. You know, I I like to simplify things. I like to get right to the point because, you know, that's the only way you're going to find a solution. I try to think of myself as being more solution-oriented than more problem-oriented. You know, when there's a problem, the first thing I'm thinking of is, okay, so how can I fix it? What can I do to get around this obstacle that's in front of me that I need to get done? And I do this a lot in work, and the guys will say it. And it might be rough around the edges. It might not be the exact perfect way to get there, but I still am going to get from one point A to point B where I need to be. And, you know, I think about that when I think about our grand purpose. And I thought, boy, you know what? What, what is our grand purpose? What is our grand purpose? And then I started thinking, well, let's just get right to the point. Our grand purpose out there is this. Number one. This is all of our grand purposes for those that follow Christ Jesus. is to love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is the greatest commandment. It says it right in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And it was Jesus that was replying. To the Pharisees, I believe, when they questioned him on the law, the first thing that Jesus said, what is the greatest commandment there is? What is the greatest thing that we can do as Christians? What is our greatest purpose? Our number one purpose in life is to love the Lord thy God with all our heart. With all our soul and with all our mind. Number two, it says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then it says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What is What did Paul say? Without love, you're just a noisy gong and clanging cymbal. If we have not love, we're just a noisy gong and clanging cymbal. We're nothing without love. And number three. So I would consider that being number one. Our number two purpose in life is to become more like Christ every day. Did you hear that? Our number two purpose in life that we should be striving for is to become more like Christ every day. These are all very grand purposes, aren't they? They're all very high calling for us. They're there for us to strive for. If we can get these down, we can just live by those two 
then it will go well with us. Amen? It will go well with you for the rest of your life. If you can just live by those two things, if you lived by those two things, think about everything else that you do in your life. Think about how you're going to think about somebody else. Think about how you're going to respond. Think about how you're going to live with your spouse and your children, how you're going to teach them. Think about all of the things that fall underneath of those two things. Everything that we do in our whole lives fall under those two statements. Now, I don't know, but I would consider that an acumen, getting right to the point. <laughs> Correct? And then if we live by them, and if we truly believe them, we have them in our heart, and in our mind, and in our soul. Because when I think about them, when I think about the greatest commandment, when we love God, with all of our heart, think of the joy that that's going to bring to you. There is not a greater joy than to love God with all your heart. Because you know why? Because when we're in God, our joy will be complete. Won't it? When we're in God, our joy becomes complete. And then nothing can take that joy from us. Nothing can take that from you. When you love God with all your heart, there is no power in hell or on this earth that can take that from you. And your joy will be complete. I think of people out there striving to be satisfied, striving, you know, to, to be happy. And they're not happy because they don't know Christ. It's because they don't know Jesus, their Savior, that died on the cross for them, that loved them so much, that God, they don't know God, they don't know the Word. And if only they did, they would be satisfied in it. And they would have complete joy. You know, I think of the joy that brings to us and the healing that brings to the brokenhearted when I think of that, when I think of love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart. I think if you know what that does to the brokenhearted, that gives them peace. It gives them joy. God is a mender of hearts. Amen? God can mend your heart. When I think of loving God with all my soul, I think of loving Him with all that I am, with full abandonment, holding nothing back. Holding nothing back from Him, but chasing after Him and running after Him and spending time with Him and being with Him. With all of my strength, I think of it. When I think of loving God with all my soul, when I think of loving God with all my mind, I think of the covering that I have when I love God with all my mind. Think about it. It's like putting a shield or putting a helmet of salvation on. It's like putting on that helmet. 
I love God with all my mind. I think of the cover that I have. I think of the keeping. When I love God with all my mind, there's no room in there for the enemy to get in. Because my mind is so full of God and godly things and God's word and prayer and just being with them. Again, there's no room for anything to get in there. When you really love God with all your mind, then it's full. Because I know the word all is being an acumen again. It's just simple. All is all. There's no room left. When you love God with all your mind, then it's full of God. It's full of God things. It's full of worship. It's full of praise. It's full of joy. It's full of thanksgiving. It's full of grace. It's full of mercy. It's full of forgiveness. It's full of God. And when you just focus on all these things, and you think of the grand purpose that we have, it's huge. You have a huge grand purpose in the kingdom of God. And it's greater than we can even imagine. Because the benefits of it are unmeasurable. Unmeasurable benefits that we get. When we do this, when we love the Lord, all thy God, all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, all thy mind, all our being, then the benefits are immeasurable. And our purpose is huge. And when we do that, it's like number two, we become more Christ-like, don't we? We become more like Christ. The Apostle Paul said it this way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into His likeness, into ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing glory. That means it doesn't cease, does it? Ever-increasing doesn't mean it stops. Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In other words, when we focus on things like that, and we become more Christ-like, we are being transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory, ever increasing, never stopping, always growing, never stalling. More into his likeness. And what I know about these end days is that the church needs to be turned more into his likeness because God is coming back for what? A pure and spotless bride. And how is that going to happen? And the only way for that to happen is for us to become under the blood of Jesus, to be washed with the blood, to be washed with the word, right? And for us to be changed more into his image. From glory to glory to glory. 
And I don't know, but that's a pretty grand purpose. That's a huge purpose for us. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from bondage, freedom from sin, freedom from lies of the enemy who tells us that you can't do that, that you're not good enough, and that you're not smart enough, or you're not strong enough, or you're too old, or you're too young. I don't know, but that doesn't sound like freedom to me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all can be like King David, a man after God's own heart. Do you know that? We, every one of us here can be like King David, a man after God's own heart. King David was born of the flesh, of this world. He had a natural mother and father, but yet God looked down upon David and said, He is a man after my own heart. And look at all the psalms he wrote. We all can be like King David. We can be even greater than King David now because of he who lives in us, because of the gift that God gave us when Jesus Christ ascended and went on high, he sent the Holy Spirit down to the apostles in the upper room to be filled. And he told them to go wait. Go wait until you're filled with power. From my father, I got a gift that's coming. (laughs) I don't know, but if Jesus said there was a gift that's coming, and I knew that Jesus was all God, and I saw Jesus die and rise, raise on the third day, I think I would pay much attention. (laughs) And I think I'd be waiting expectantly for that. He's over here. He's okay. Freedom from bondage. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He set the captives free. When he ascended, he said he led train, he led them in the trains of his garments. Captives. If you set your mind like a flint, If you decide in your heart and you believe with all your soul that you're going to seek God and live for him, then he'll make straight your paths. Simple. If you set your face like a flint toward God, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, then he'll keep his eyes on you. Simple. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, you might feel pressure in your life. We all feel pressure in our life. But so doesn't coal. And what comes out of coal? Diamonds. Because of what? Because of great pressure. Pressure. 
We might be discouraged. You might be depressed. You might even feel abandoned or despair. But what you need to do is get your eyes off the problems and your eyes on the one who can solve them. You need to find the solution. And the solution is simple. Jesus. He's the one, the only one that can lead you through the storm. And I'm going to tell you, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're not going to have storms. Doesn't mean that we're not going to feel pressure. Doesn't mean that we're not going to be perplexed. Doesn't mean that we're not going to be in despair at times. All that stuff that we go through makes us stronger. Builds our faith. All that stuff we go through, we don't lean on ourselves, but we lean on God and we look to Him. All the storms of life. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus through them all. He's the one, the only one that can lead us. And I don't care how bold the devil might try to be. And I don't care how bold the devil might try to be in our own lives and trying to discourage us and sending all of his attacks. There's one up there that's greater than the devil ever will be. And that's God and Jesus. And you know it's the Holy Spirit. And you know that Holy Spirit lives in you. And actually you have what he wants. And he can't get it. You know the devil had it once when he was up in heaven. When he was leading worship. He had the presence of God. He had it. He saw the glory of the Lord. He heard God speak. He saw God. And you know all he's trying to do right now is he's trying to steal that from you. He's trying to take what God has given you for himself and steal it. Because you know why? Because he can't have it anymore. He lost it. He gave it all up because of pride. We have in us a treasure that's in each one of us. We have treasures in these jars of clay. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, it says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. 
we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. Amen? Amen. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that this life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is not at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. You know, right there, there's a purpose. Our purpose is going to be raised Jesus. We're going to be raised from the dead, and we're going to be presented with Jesus. With everlasting life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart in your purpose. Don't lose heart in your calling. Don't lose heart in your worship toward the Lord. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And I love that verse, because although this flesh might be failing, inside me is growing. I'm being built up more and more, even though I might look older and older each day. Inside of me is getting stronger and stronger, because I know that what, I know what the Word said. That in the end, when I die, that I'm going to be raised to life with Jesus, and I'm going to be presented to him who's up there praying for me. And as my advocate, who's for you and for me. For our light and mom. <laughs> momentary, yep. <laughs> Almost said monetary. But it's momentary. Troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we what? Let's read it together. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. We should never lose heart. Because God is working. He never stops working. He never stops working in us and through us and all around us. And he works in ways that we don't know, that we don't see. When you feel like you don't know what your purpose is, just press in to God. Just think of those scriptures. Just think of the greatest command. Think of being changed from glory to glory. Think of being more like Christ. When you think of your grand purpose, think of God shaping you. The jar. Because he will lead you in your purpose in ways only he knows. You know, sometimes we feel like our lives are purposeless. But they have a purpose. Sometimes we feel like in our lives that we're just spinning our wheels going round and round. 
But you know what? God has a timing to everything. And it's not our timing. We have to place everything in his hands. You got to remember that God has picked us. Each one of us, hand-picked each one of us to live in such a time as this. Such a time as this, to live in these end times. To be a light in a dark world. And you know, God's plans are going to be accomplished. His word is going to be accomplished. His plans for our lives will be accomplished. And even though we might not see it yet, remember God does. Even though we feel like we're not doing anything, you actually probably are more than you think. And God's got it all timed out because he's laid out the whole plan in the presence of your enemies. We just have to stay the course, don't we? We have to stay the course. We have to worship him. We have to love him. We have to keep our eyes on him. And that's what I mean by staying the course. We have to be focused on Jesus. And we have to remember who you are and who he is. And that he is bigger than any devil out there. And you got to remember that, no, he is in you. In you. And he is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Let's stand for the blessing. Thank you, Lord. Number 6, 24 through 26. Thank you, Father. Let's raise our hands. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I pray, Lord God, that your word, Lord God, Lord, would just speak to our hearts, that you would go before us, Lord God, and open doors that are supposed to be open and shut doors that need to be shut. And that, Lord, you would turn your face toward us, that you would make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. That you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace today. Lord God, as we leave here, Lord God, I pray that your word would speak right to our hearts. Anything that's of me would fall away. And anything that's of you, Lord God, we would remember and we would hide it in our hearts, Lord God. And we would have it there always. And that we would have your spirit always as you promised. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be dismissed. If there's any more donuts, they're in the back.